Follow Without Warning Podcast Season 3, Investigation Derailed with Sheila Waisaki on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Without Warning Podcast presents Season 3, Investigation Derailed. Come behind the curtain with private investigator Sheila Waisaki and examine a major injustice. Warning, the following episode contains elements that are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. You met some of the private investigators I've worked with, along with some of my crowdsourcers. I have another group of people that I rely on not only to review evidence, but to spread the word to a huge group of people, my fellow true crime podcasters. Today, I've got John Lorden, Mike Morford, and Gray Hughes from Three Men in a Mystery, as well as Lori Morrison, who hosts The Unlovely Truth and works on this podcast with me. I also asked the leader of my forensic group, Danielle, to join us. Thank you all for coming together to look at this case. I really value each person's opinion. Hi, I'm Danielle. I um, I met Sheila a couple of years ago at CrimeCon, and ever since then, have been working with her on the Cruz case, uh, Christian Andriacchio, Lauren Agee, and now the Katie Major case. And, you know, I learned so much from her, and it's inspired me to become a PI myself. So hopefully within the year, I will be able to get Arizona PI license and be able to help even more. I'm Lori Morrison. I'm a licensed private investigator and a paralegal and also the host of the Unlovely Truth podcast. I've worked with Sheila for about three years now. Same case as Danielle has mentioned and and a few others. So I am happy to be here and looking forward to hearing everybody's opinions. This is John Lorden. I am a true crime YouTuber and podcaster as well. And I'm here with uh, two of my co-hosts on a project we do called Three Men in a Mystery. We are gearing up for our next season. It's a deep dive investigation podcast, just like without warning. And our next season is starting in October. Hey, and uh, I'm Gray Hughes. I have a YouTube channel called Gray Hughes Investigates. And uh, yes, I'm one of the members of Three Men in a Mystery as well. I'm Mike Morford, and I host a few different podcasts, including uh, Criminology, Missing Persons, The Murder of My Family, Scene of the Crime. A couple more. I rattle them all fast because I don't want to forget any. And of course, uh, alongside my sidekicks here, John and Gray, we host Three Men and a Mystery. It's easy to form opinions early on in a case and want to stick with them. It's human nature. But as an investigator, I have made sure I follow the evidence, even if that means I had to change my mind. My guests today have some opinions based on some information I sent them before we talked. Let's see if anyone changes their opinion based on seeing and hearing some new evidence today. Let's get into the case. Um, First of all, everybody got the incident report. Information that we were given in the incident report has been drilled down a little bit, and we were 
able to obtain the crime scene. We're not going to share the crime scene with anybody, but we want you all to give your opinion. We respect the family for allowing us to do this in order to get information and get people to really think about what happened to Katie and her two children. This is the very first picture that we have of the crime scene. Well, the first thing... um... If I recall correctly, so we've got the water that River is found in off to the right, correct? Correct. Okay. And the location of her body is really making me think that we're not talking a straight-on collision with the train. She looks like she's approximately five or six feet away from the tracks. Uh, It looks like her shoe is much further up, like maybe 25, 30 feet further Uh, forward and away from the tracks. So just in in terms of the pattern I'm seeing here, I don't think there's any question that she was certainly hit by a train on the tracks. But in terms of where she was standing when that hit occurred, I'm really not sure. Kind of difficult to tell from this one. Sort of looks like she would have been hit on with a northbound train, just looking at this picture where her shoe is. But I don't know, I haven't seen some of the other evidence, but her shoe's way back there, and she's way up, you know, did somebody move the shoe, or, um, I just see her, it looks like she's probably 40 feet away from the shoe, north of it. The shoe is, you know how when you're putting a child's shoe or someone else's shoe on, you unlace it, and you make it wider so you can put the foot into it? making it so a foot can go into it. So somebody walking would not have made it very far walking with that shoe the way it is. Just going to point that out. Well, could have, but I had it uh, turned around. This is actually south is what the direction we're looking right here, right? Her head is facing north, so we're looking south. Right. In terms of the shoe, one other potential thing to think of is if there was some type of dispute, like if she was having an argument at the house and she was trying to get out of the situation quickly, she might just go ahead and put her feet in the shoes, but not actually lace them up and just get out to the vehicle to escape the situation. And then, of course, to Gray's point, when the collision happens, I, I guess there's some potential for the, you know, the, the, the laces to kind of come undone and the shoe to, to open a bit. The, the opening of the foot looks like it was tightened, like someone was wearing it to me. It doesn't look like open wide, like somebody just slipped them on. But I don't know if... if a train hitting someone and making that shoe come off. I don't know enough about that to know if that shoe would open up like somebody was taking it off at the end of the day and loosening up or if it would remain tight on their to their ankle like it appears to be. But uh, I, I would assume, depending on how far that shoe moved when it came off, that she struck somewhere, if she was struck here where it looks like she was, somewhere close to where that shoe wound up because I would think that it wouldn't travel really far because of the weight. Is there, maybe we'll see some more on the, on the pictures that are coming up. Uh, it'll be interesting to me once you see closer views. Okay. One other thing I just wanted to note on this though, is with the direction of knowing that there was a train coming that direction where her body has landed and knowing that she had to make contact with that train somewhere close to the tracks, the, where the worker is in the back, she's probably much closer to that where the actual impact happened. 
because you have to figure a train that's going, if it was a freight train, it was probably going 55. If it was an Amtrak, it could have been going up to 70 miles per hour. Um, so she probably traveled some considerable distance to get there. And I think where he's standing is probably pretty close to, to where she was originally. What direction did the, the new detective say that the train was going that hit her? I mean, that's out there, right? I'm asking that. Yeah, question. I'm. Oh, wait, you're going to wait. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, Gray. I know you hate that, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I remember seeing that in the in the, mo- the show, but I couldn't, I can't remember it now. See, now, I'm, the way I'm looking at it, and, and again, I'm not, you know, I haven't been to the scene, but, and I'm definitely not an expert with train strikes on someone, but uh, I seem to think when I'm looking at it that the immediate impact would have knocked her shoe off and her body would have been propelled further. So when I see this, and again, I'm not an expert with any kind of train strikes, but I almost think she was struck closer where that shoe is lying right. and her body propelled further down there, which I think is the opposite of what John is is uh, saying. So I don't know if, if if there's a way to determine that, if we know for a fact one, one of the two is uh, true. But I would think the shoe came off immediately and her body propelled further down uh, along towards that truck down there. That's Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. We do have um, the maps that have been provided of the items and how they scattered. And I haven't lined that up with this. So I'm not sure which direction. That's a really good point. Femoral artery was severed. And the femur was crushed and broken. How do you guys, what, how do you think that happened? Well, I guess that's what we're doing here. But like the, you know, that does seem like a, a train type injury, the crushing of a, the femur, right? Or a car or something. I mean, it doesn't seem like a, an incision, that part. Well, and even in terms of the incision, there's an important consideration if you actually look at the, um, the trains. I went looking at some pictures, in particular of Amtrak trains. And do we... Have we identified which train has actually hit her? Because there is a a difference between the freight trains and the Amtraks. But one thing that's kind of consistent is most of them have what most people refer to as a cow catcher mechanism on the front of them. It is essentially like a blade, like the blade of a shovel that is low to the front of the train, and it's made to clear objects from the track. What I'm starting to think is there might be a possibility that and it could be that she was sitting there or it could be that she was positioned there, but her body might have been in a seated position and come into contact with that cow catcher on the track. On Based on the photos I'm seeing, I'm not seeing as much trauma as I would expect from hitting, being hit by a train. Wounds are pretty localized to a few specific areas. We were all children. And when I was a kid, we would put pennies on the track and you would see what happened after a train came and passed. It doesn't look to me from the photos that any part of her made contact specifically with the wheel and where the wheel meets the track. This looks at best like some type of impact that then threw her clear of the scene and kept her away from doing or being put through that type of trauma, uh, which once again might kind of point back to that idea of the cow catcher. It's kind of designed to effectively do that. And even the angles on it kind of scoop the item up and forward. I know the, the original detective, he thought it, that they were there was something hanging from the train that did it. Um, I mean, it does seem like she wasn't directly on the track or I guess like what John said, you could be on the track and the cow catcher would shoot you off to the side. Cause that's exactly what they're for. It's interesting that 
her, let's see, so her left side of her face has damage, and then her right hip. So, you know, was there some kind of spinning action going on, or, you know, what's going on there is a question. I think I agree with John and Gray that the, uh, it doesn't appear as if she was laying down on the tracks, per se, because I think we would have seen multiple amputations, um, uh, like the legs severed. Um, so it does seem like she was upright partially or all the way to when the plane, when the uh, train hit her and, and then propelled her from there. Yeah, I've actually pulled up an image of it. I think you guys should be able to see it here. And um, you can see that in this particular one, and these, these cow catchers do change shape based on the trains. But in this particular one, the wheels are pretty well protected from anything even getting close to them. And we've got effectively what is a sharp edge um, running along that bottom side that might be responsible for the, the laceration across her, her body. Okay, John, I, I got to ask you this. Yeah. If she gets caught in that, the wheel catcher, mm -hmm. she's not going to be able to move and there would be a lot of blood all over her clothes. Yeah note that they found there would be so much blood where is the blood yeah that's a really good question it does look like from some of the photos we've seen that it is uh wet out there was it raining that night yes very low it was hardly any you would have to have probably a monsoon come through to get rid of the amount of blood from her body well, but if we also kind of just run with this thought real quick, we're talking about all this trauma happening within a fraction of a second and then her body being thrown. I don't know that the blood would have necessarily had time to get all over her clothes and stuff. I mean, this is an impact and literally a second or two later, she's in the final resting spot. But at that spot, there should be. There should be a lot of blood that has been effectively under her body or around her body. And it is curious to me because I was looking for that in the photos too. And I do see some that is pulled on the ground, but once again, not, not nearly what I'm expecting. There's a small blood pool by her left ankle where there's no injury at all. That's the, the most amount of blood that's there. Well, and, but you also have to keep in mind that the way blood will run on a body, um, you know, her back might be completely soaked. And that just might be the lowest point on the ground where it's pooling. I don't, I haven't seen photos of her back, so I don't, I don't know for sure. Going by John's cow catch theory, I assume the train had some kind of device like that on there. As I said before, I think if she was laying down prone a lot more like dismemberment, if she was standing upright, seems like she might have gotten dragged down uh, partially or her feet would have been contacted a lot by that cow catcher. So I almost look at it as if at the last second she stepped in front of it but didn't make contact with the cow catcher or if she was pushed in front of it at the last second, perhaps. If, if that's how she was able to not have some of those injuries that she has. I'll give you a different consideration. What if she was in a prayer position on the tracks? So uh, let me let me describe something for, for you. What if she, she weighs 120 pounds, she's got the baby, perfect incision, a U-shaped incision. I don't know what train could have made that, but that baby, prayer position, that her stomach would be removed from her body. So if you pull up train accidents, 
120 pounds, 70 miles per hour is what we've gotten so far from uh, the accident stuff. You could not have an open casket, period. So 120 pound woman, how far with a 70 mile per hour train would she have been thrown and her body wouldn't be intact? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible that maybe he was chasing her down near where her car was parked he hit her with his car so uh i don't know and then carried her out there but that seems kind of like a difficult thing it could be that he chased her down the tracks and when the train came by he shoved her against it that's that's and then he, he moved her around a little bit after the fact i get the sense of what gray is talking about that maybe she's being held there and pushed out where her body is already she's already dead and is pushed out in front of the train at the last second. Um, I sort of get that uh, feeling that Gray's along those lines. Yeah, and maybe he did something to try to get the uh, the baby out, the, the the dad, right? But maybe the the incision was something related to that. And yeah, I feel it's it's pretty tough to discount that. that she made contract contact with the train. We've got 17 different points that were identified um, by the sergeant on scene in terms of different items that he found that were scattered around this. Um, it just, it, in terms of staging that, it seems like that would be a crazy. Explain of- that to me. It's because I, I really want to hear that from you, John, because I have a little more information, but I want, I want you to explain what you're thinking. Sure, sure. So just reviewing the information in the Forensic Services Supplemental Field Report, um, which includes kind of a, a layout of every item that was found that they think is related to this case. They have a, a grid here that's listing 17 different items that they found. Um, a few of them are kind of close together, but some of them are extremely far, uh, even up to it looks like over 100 feet away including a zipper, which I'm not sure what the zipper was attached to, Um, bone, pieces of flesh, the two shoes being in very different locations. Um, It just, it seems to me like that would be an incredible amount of staging. If we were looking at this as the traumatic injury happened somewhere else, she was being brought to this location to make it look like she had been hit by the train. Um, Is it impossible? No, but it, it would be a serious amount of work. And I just, I don't know that someone in a frantic mindset, just kind of thinking about someone that might have just killed their wife in particular. Um, are they going to be thinking about details to that extent with, I don't know, the cases I've looked into, they, they usually don't put that much. And I think what backs John's idea up there is that leg bone that was broken, which bone was it? The femur? That's a big, that's probably the biggest, strongest bone in the body. Um, and that was, that, that had some serious damage to it. Um, I think that would be very hard for someone to do, like, in some other manner. But to me, that looks like a train. Now, whether she was alive or dead already, I, I, I don't know. But maybe if, if someone had killed her, that could explain why there was no blood. And then brought her and said, let me put her let me make it look like she got struck by a train to cover it up. That could explain why there's no blood there. Um, but to me, that, that that bone being broken on that leg the way it is, it, 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 I couldn't picture any other way that could happen. That's significant. 
The biggest problem with this case is you have the appearance of, if, if we're calling it a crime scene, you have the appearance of the crime scene, but you actually don't because the largest object that's part of this story is unidentified, seems like there's been no forensics performed on. And even if we just simply knew specifically what train it was, we would be able to get someone like Gray to get some measurements going and then put a model of her body on the track and try it in the prayer position that can simulate physics and see if this is reasonable that she was thrown in that way. But effectively, it's almost like we're looking at the dump site and we're not looking at the whole crime scene because we're missing the train. Yeah, it seems like they would have easily been able to track down the train and find where the impact was. But did, did they did they ever even do that? That's the question. It was driving me nuts because I was looking through all this paperwork that Sheila has sent me, and I didn't see any notes at all about them trying to identify the actual train. It's kind of interesting, though, like the spread of the items, looking at that document that you mentioned. You know, you could actually make an argument just visually looking at it without knowing more than we know now in either direction. You know, the train hits and then items fly or does it it's hit? It's true. You, you know, I haven't seen any of the other information yet. To be able to the, the thing that I would have to assume, Gray, is when you're talking about pieces of flesh, pieces of bone, shoes and zipper, those are smaller items and it's going to take less force to move them. That's why I was kind of making that assumption that Katie is probably actually much closer to the actual impact site than a lot of this other debris that has been pushed forward. When we're talking about impacts, let's talk about River. The police seem to be using the assumption that Katie was holding her at the moment of impact. Sorry, then River was flung through the air to land where she did. But if you look at the crime scene photo, there's a tree line. It seems very improbable to me that she could fly through the air through that tree line and have no scratches, no cuts, no abrasions, no yeah, eggs or sticks or dirt in her hair. There's other problems. There's other problems. The, the direction of all the wounds is showing that she was likely hit facing the train, especially if we are assuming that the wound across her abdomen is impact from the train. The head wound, you might say, um, like if she was facing away from the train and then when the initial impact happened, she got knocked forward and could have had the head wound happen a different way. But if we are making some assumptions, she's sitting on the tracks or she's in a prayer position on the tracks or something like that, the baby would have had way more damage. And there was practically no damage noted in the autopsy outside of a tiny contusion on the baby's head. Um, and then, of course, to your point, yeah, tree line. You know, it's tough without actually looking at photos from the time of the tree line to see how dense it is, to know if there's enough clearance there for the baby to be kicked through. But the only way that I think that that could happen is if she was holding the baby, facing away from the train, impact happened, and she took most of the force and the baby was ejected. But what we would expect to see there is her back should look significantly different than at least the preview of the images that I've seen. Let me, let me ask you this, was... Was River found perpendicular to the tracks with Katie, or what was the offset there? Because right here, this is about where I have Katie. Hey, now, do you want to show them the one shot of where River was found? Y'all, I'm still having a hard time that this is an impact from a train. 
Yeah, I, hear you. I think if it if if river is perpendicular to the tracks with Katie in a line, based almost like what I have it. I mean, it just seems almost impossible for her to not really perpendicular. Well, and keep in mind it's a water source, right? So river could have moved around. But um, Gray, if you look at that map on that we were talking about that shows all the items that have moved around, river is the X. Oh. And it is directly to the right of where it has the two items of flesh. And it says 46 feet. Unless there was a current that took her out that far. That's why I'm wondering if it was any kind of movement in the water that brought her out that far. This feels like somebody threw her into the water. That's what it. Yeah, but how, if so, if that's the case, how how out that far, though? Well, and let's not forget Aaron's statement, too, to the detective said, well, I don't know if the train chucked her into the water or what. Yeah, I don't I don't think the train is responsible for I just think she'd have more injuries on her. Oh, well, we, we found out yesterday there was a handprint, a bruise on the back of her neck. Well, that raises an interesting point because the thought I had about that, Sheila, was if like, let's, I'm putting myself in this guy's mindset, right? If I'm going out there and I've already got the wife handled, I'm going to make sure that the baby isn't alive. I'm not going to throw it out into the middle of the river and just hope that that's going to do it. I would probably go up to the water myself and hold the baby down until I knew it was over and then let it go from there. And there's, and there's the handprint. Yeah. In the back of the neck. Yeah. 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 That she went into the water right there off the edge of the, of the bridge and then got then the current moved her out into the, the lake ish type area. Is that possible? Let me show you. I, I can tell from that picture if that was a bridge in the background, but it did yeah. look like a bridge back there. Okay, guys, yeah. you're pregnant. You're carrying a baby. Mike, you of all people in this group, you, you've had children. Would your wife, pregnant, carry a baby, 10-month-old baby? In the rain. In the rain. In the dark. Out, in the dark, without her glasses or her keys. On the rocks. On the rocks. So the evidence, go with the evidence. She didn't have evidence of crawling in there or getting in there or being thrown in there. It's got to be dirt and stuff on her clothes. And I want to show clothes in a second. Yeah, I, I think any pregnant woman carrying, you know, especially depending on the weather and how hot it was and how pregnant she was, that kind of thing, I, I think that would be a difficult walk to do. I don't know why any pregnant woman would try and make that walk. The terrain is very rocky and especially if your shoes are untied. I had a question on the on Katie's autopsy. It says that she she was clad in black socks. But then it also notes that there's a sock that's found somewhere else on the scene. She's only wearing one sock. She is only wearing one. Yes, okay. that that troubled me as well the way it's noted. Yeah. Yeah, how did we how did you clear that up? She's only wearing one sock at the scene. We see it. And yeah, the photo. one was found on the tracks. But yeah, the photo. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it seems hey, to me as if she was leaving, like she was leaving in a hurry. You know, she got some money together, put the rings in her pocket, and she was taking off. But then, like, how did the car? <laughs> it's just so weird. Was the car put here later, so so that it's near the scene? I mean, it's really interesting. River had no coat on as well. That's actually a really good point, Gray. What if he drove? There should be tire tracks. Wouldn't there have been well, tire tracks because of, it had been wet? 
Well, there is a there's a service road that's right there. We I mean, we saw the other guy that's driving on it. We've seen footage of her mother driving on it as well. But think if you were going to stage this, you wouldn't want to carry her body for half a mile down the track. You just drive down there, set her up and then turn around and come back. I agree. It would be easier to drive down with a truck and you can toss things as you're driving down there. That's a good point. To stage seeing. So having 15 things and you're manic and you're throwing things out. I had another case where they were throwing things out the truck. Evidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. But also keeping himself in the truck is also keeping all evidence of him away from the scene as well. It just, it seems like such a smarter move if you're going to stage this to drive your truck down there. Explains is, hey, let me take a shower before I take you anywhere that you want to go because when he says that it's almost like he's trying to try to explain to people why he might look like he just took a shower because he took one after the fact a half mile or whatever it was down from where that crossroad was or whatever it was maybe it's that's out of sight of any people that were around there or any houses right there so that's a reason to bring her down there out of sight, out of view, mm-hmm. uh, less witnesses. He he would hunt down there. Yeah. He knew the area. Yeah. Is, doesn't, isn't there a family property or something that's close to this? Yes. Right. This is the road right here. It just goes right next to the track, right? Yeah. Yep. But carrying, carrying a body that far or, or walking that far for a pregnant woman, I couldn't see either being likely. Yeah. So, yeah, this is another thing I keep trying to imagine. Like, if she was standing up, there should be something happening with her legs. And I know we've got the one injury, but that's kind of high up over on the side. If, if you know, like assuming the prayer position thing, her knees should have gotten shredded. Yeah. I see the um, that's that one leg that was broken. I think that's the side that got impacted. I would really expect there to be some tear or something on the knees. The genes actually make me think at least with the injury on her thigh, they're they're matching that injury very strongly. That's what I think. So the theory that he would have done the injury on the thigh for me is pretty slim, unless he was, for some reason, once again, at the point of staging in his mind that he thought, well, I need to make the genes look like that before I go and leave this out on the road. It's just, it seems like too much. Why why is there no blood, John? There's a little um, bit, but come on. Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely with you on that. Yeah, that's, that part is troubling. And, and it, again, to me, maybe it goes back to if she's already dead and has been dead for a while and was, her body was pushed out, she would still get that damage, but maybe the blood has is in a different part of her body and therefore not pumping. It's not all over the place. I mean, yeah, she's not face down. Like if she was face down with the type of injuries that we're seeing, more would probably be able to get out. But there still should be, you know, like some of these wounds are at a low point on that first image that we saw. And you would think that the blood would rush to that area and, and be spilling out there. Let me, let me say this. If it was on cement, <clears throat> sure, it'd be easy to see it. But we're talking about rocks and there's space between. How do we know it didn't bleed? through the rocks and seep down below because we have the pictures i mean okay like you've they removed the crime scene pictures 
Yeah, and I, I think that's one thing we didn't see really was any rocks or right the tr- along the tracks where there where there were any areas of blood. We didn't really look at those pictures up close. Okay. Last picture, and then we'll we'll go into this. Yeah, those are pretty brutal, like you said. They're awful. I mean, absolutely awful. Fortunately, I'm sort of used to looking seeing a bunch of crap. That those are pretty bad. Yeah. So here's this. See the slit right there. No injuries match up to that at all. And these are not the clothes she had on during the day. Well, and especially now, I'm wondering where the heck the blood is, because this is the side that was facing down. What is all the darkness in the, in there? Is that... I do think that is some I blood. I think it's blood and dirt. Yeah, but not what I'm expecting in terms of the amount. You know, again, if we're saying that's blood, that's also blood on the bottom left-hand leg. Down by her ankle, but no injury. There's no injury there, but that's where that pool of blood was at the scene. I can't even remember. I know she had a lot of trauma to that one leg. I don't remember seeing the back of that leg. Did the back of the leg have trauma that lined no. up with this? No, I, I, you actually saw the back. Yeah, and there's there is no trauma to the back of that leg. Wow, that's that's odd. All right. So let's start the conversation here. Here's my question after seeing it. From where you started to now seeing the uh, pictures, what's your analysis? I think she was hit by the train on the scene, but maybe she wasn't alive. You know, the part where, you know, the place where the cars parked, it's interesting. Uh, the, The baby being found in the water doesn't seem to match. You know, it's just, you know, it's just one of these things that's really confusing. It's a confusing scene is what it is, uh, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm right there with Gray. I, I think, to me, it looks like she was struck by that train, whether she was alive or not. When she was struck, I don't know. But that, that damage, especially to that big, strong bone in that leg, I, I think that would be, I think that looks like a, a train impact. I can't explain. There's definitely some problems. It does seem like there would be more blood. Um, then she's got that lone injury to her scalp. She's got those odd marks. Even the weird belt buckle-looking mark looks like it came from something um, that doesn't match with what she was wearing. If there's no belt there, could could she have been wearing a belt and it was taken off because it had some kind of evidence at some point? I don't know. And then Gray's uh, point about the baby being found in the water doesn't seem to, to match up. Yeah, at, at the hand marks on the ba- on the back of the baby's shoulder, neck area, um, it looked like it could have been explained if somebody was forcing her head down into the water. Um, that seems like a perfect explanation for those marks, in, in my uh, opinion. I have almost no confidence in the theory that the baby was being held by her when she was hit by the train. There's just way too much at play in terms of the foliage that you've got around this area, the landing location of the baby, how far the baby is there, and then the lack of injuries to the baby for having traveled this whole supposed path. The injuries on her are facing the wrong direction for me, for her to have been holding the baby. I do think she was hit by the train. I think much more 
work can be done in terms of understanding, even if we can't find the specific train, if we can look at trains that are going through that area even currently and checking their front ends specifically for the types of cow catchers that are being used and maybe doing something with measurements on that against her body to try to estimate the position that she was in when the impact happened. You know, one thing that's kind of interesting is if, it, if it's not the cow catcher, it's pretty low injury for a train. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Down kind of low. It's a low uh, thigh, or, I mean, mid-thigh, right? So it's like, that would be, you know, when you consider a train, they're almost off the ground. The bottom of the train's as high as that. But isn't that ground, it's been a while since I walked on train tracks. Aren't those uh, stones packed down kind of crooked, like on an angle or something? Um, or if that affected the height at all. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm just trying to consider what is the object that could cause that type of traumatic injury that you would see on a train. And I would, I would, I would work towards the cow catcher theory and try to rule that out if we are looking at saying that this is a staged incident. And, and, and just one thing, and I, I don't know that we talked about this, when someone's hit by a car and it's a hit and run, there's typically evidence left by you know, you're going to find on the car, you'll find a piece of the car on the ground, the bumper, the headlight, whatever. But sometimes there's stuff left on the uh, car too. Did they, it, it seems like the train angle, they didn't really explore unless I just missed that. Did they look for any signs of human remains on any of the front of these trains or that's just, that's mind boggling. They supposedly have video of the train but we were waiting to see whether or not we're waiting to see if we can view it or the mom can see it. But nobody's been forthcoming from the police department to show the mom. This is the train. This is the evidence. There are recordings that are supposed to be on trains. We're checking with the Department of Transportation and we are actually talking to them versus the police department. Yeah. One of the points that was made, it seems to make sense, is, uh, I mean, if she, they were, why didn't she just put her car right there and let the train smash into it or something, or just stand there? I mean, what's the whole point? I, yeah, I thought about that too, Gray, and the, uh, I, when I started giving that some consideration, there's a couple things. The first is, you know, people that are, if this is a, a case where she was trying to end her life, people are trying to do that in a certain way. And being in a vehicle, you might get into a really bad accident and actually survive it. Right. Uh, outside of that, could have caused risk to the people on the train. And maybe that was a consideration. Why not just stand right here? Why, exactly. That's a good point, Gray. Why not just stand right there if you're going to do it? I think well, that's out of view of those homes right there. That raises even more questions. Think about the logistics that you have to put together to be able to do something like this. There should be traces of cell phone searches or computer searches trying to find out when that train is coming through. Um, I can't imagine someone figuring that they were going to end their life, going out and say, I'm going to do it by train, not knowing, and then walking on tracks for how long? I mean, you, you could be out there hours before something comes through. Yeah. It just, it seems like there's... That's one of the things that's known. The mother knows that the train comes by at exactly the same time every yeah. night. Or maybe she if, just thought that. If it's a regular scheduled train that comes every night at the same time, like that's well known, then then she might not have to do that homework, or he or whoever would be interested might not have to do that homework if they knew that train was coming. 
Okay, so wait a minute. I'm going to throw this out at you. You all are taking it at face value, really, that the train hit her because she was found at a train. The U-shape injury is too precise, and I you've got to look up train impacts because you've got there would be no way she could have an open casket. That's the nicest way I could put it. Her body parts would be all over that track. Even if it just hit her stomach, it would have been ripped off of her body. So we're taking what the police said happened at face value, and they made their decision based on a as soon as they walked up, they said suicide by train. They didn't even have the investigation done. That's when they made the decision. Yeah, I don't think it's suicide by train. I think it's uh, some kind of a, I think somebody, my feeling is that somebody wanted to make it look like that. That, that maybe they tried to, you know, it's weird though that you would cut open the stomach, but then leave the baby in there. So that's one thing that I was thinking about. Like if you were cutting the stomach open to, to make, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's really confusing, some of the stuff. It looks like a perfect cut where you would think to cut to take out the baby. Maybe they were just checking to see if it was still alive. But then I was thinking maybe you did that before the impact. And she was Mine, always- the One of the baby's legs was completely separated from its body. And at right. that point, if you did want to save the baby, take the baby, you're going to realize you're going to have to explain that and you have no explanation, so you're going to abandon that project. How many months long was she again? 20 weeks. Yeah, At that I, point, that baby probably was not viable outside the world. Yeah, I, I, short of one of these cases where you hear about someone trying to, they want a baby so desperately they kidnap a woman and, and try and cut it out. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't see any man trying to say, hey, let me save this baby. I just, I, I don't see how they could think that they would do that and, and a baby survive. Um, but what's yeah. interesting about him is he wanted to put the baby, the fetus, on display at the funeral. That's like, yeah, he's, he's crazy. Very weird. Um, There's a lot yeah. of religious undertones as well, and there are discussions, let's say, between some of the players about firstborn males and whether or not Katie was pure enough to continue their male bloodline. Is very bizarre. What what is what are you referring to? Kind of a cult or something? Or I'm not going to go quite so far as to use that word, but there there were just conversations and statements made by people involved or connected to people involved that disparaged Katie. That said, they really didn't want her to be having a boy. They wanted her to be having a girl, and part of it was because they felt she was not pure enough to be the mother of a son. In their family, uh, so his family, and and Sheila, to your point, I agree with you that stomach injury looks again. I'm not I'm not the least bit trained in, in that, and that's where I think uh, medical experts are going to be the one to answer your question. But it, it does look clean. Um, it doesn't look very. Um, I know what you're saying that there would be body parts all over the place, but I think, and again, this is just my opinion when I look at it. I think if it was a glancing blow from that train the injuries wouldn't be the same as if it was a direct hit 
if a person was like jumping out of the way versus being hit flush, I think the injuries are going to be dramatically different. I feel that it just looking at the trauma to that leg, I, I, I find it hard that someone could duplicate that. That looks like a, a, a heavy, fast object that did that. Um, that's why well, I sort of conclude it was a train. We've also used the term glancing blow in another part of today's discussion, and that was about the wound to her head. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe you could get look at other experts that could tell if that was from a, a hatchet, perhaps. That was just or a machete, something along the lines of, of that. Was her neck broken? No. No. And the police theory is that the injury on her head was caused by her head striking a railroad spike. How the heck would that have happened? And then it ripped the skin. Well, and there's there's no damage from the actual track, which her head would have had to have hit to hit the spike. She didn't roll. The, there's there's nothing on her body that's showing that she rolled at all. If if she was hit by that train, she went into the air as soon as the impact impact happened. There would be gravel all over her body. I mean, has anyone had road rash before? Yeah. Yeah, there's and especially on a gravel area like that, there is no way that she would have cleared all that. She went up and then she landed. You know, the one thing I can say about Mike, I don't know you well enough, but John and Gray never agree with me. (laughs) 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 So I wanted to get that pushback before I went too far down the road. And so what I'm asking you all Based on seeing these pictures today, would you have said that is a crime scene of a train accident? I would say it's a, I think it's a rare incident with a train accident. I have looked up some images of train accidents, and this is one of the tamest in terms of the injuries that I'm seeing. I mean, some of these things literally look like people are being liquefied. And we certainly don't have anything like that happening with this case. Uh, The lack of blood is very disturbing to me. Not being able to figure out the logistics. I mean, like, I'm really big on the idea of the cow catcher because it's the right shape of object to make an incision like that. But there's other marks that I'm expecting to see that I'm not seeing. Like, there should be marks on her knees or however she was sitting. There's some part where she was against the ground and that should have been moved as soon as this impact started and left some type of drag mark. And I can't identify where that is. I would say if she was like in a kneeling position, like maybe you're thinking or sitting, her head would just been obliterated. That train would have hit there and just boom. But all we got is this, her face is totally normal except for, a, you know, it looks like a ripped piece of skin or an incised piece of skin, whatever you want to call it but it's that's it there's no damage other than the skin is uh torn or cut or i think um and and just to rephrase i i feel like the injuries to me look like they could have been caused by a train but to clarify i think they could have been caused by a truck or some other yeah heavy high speed vehicle something uh i i just don't get the, the feeling that it was made by someone with a tool or um, I think it was a vehicle of some sort or a train, something along those lines. Yeah, like the hip injury to you, and I, I agree with you, feels like it's a high, in, something high impact with a lot of force created. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and whether there was any previous damage or injuries, she was already dead, that part I just can't, 
can't really come to a conclusion that the blood not being there, I mean, is, is definitely troubling. Some of the other injuries, the, the baby, if the baby's determined, because if, if, if you could find out and prove that the baby was drowned forcibly, well, then all of a sudden that opens everything else up. Um, so maybe that's the way to focus there. If that's the easiest route to go is focus on whether you can prove the baby was drowned. And Although the police, well, the original police though would just say that she drowned the baby first, then stepped in front of the train. See. But what about you? Well, that's and that's that's a possibility that could. But you've got a hand mark that could potentially be sized right. differently. And I'm looking at a case report on a train pedestrian accident that they thought was suicide um, from India, and the young woman was pregnant, so very very similar. And they're describing some of the injuries much more severe than what Katie had. Um, they had a left eye that had um, been removed from its orbit. They had oil and grease stains from the train on the body and the clothing. The fetus um, was fuller to term, but was actually expelled from the body and had cuts on its head. There were intestines that were trailing out of the body. And I won't go on and get more graphic, but you would think that some of these at least would have been similar with what we see in Katie. And just the fact that they're so, so very different makes me think, why didn't the police at the time say things just aren't adding up enough that we need to spend a little more time looking at this? Why would they just immediately say, you know, regardless of what matches and what doesn't, it's got to be a suicide. Join me next week with Gray Hughes, John Lorden, Mike Morford, Lori Morrison, and Danielle Birch. The best stories always have a plot twist that you never saw coming. Investigations can be like that, too. After this episode was recorded and edited, I received access to some truly shocking evidence that I did not know existed. And as an investigator, I have to follow the evidence no matter where it takes me. Join me next week to see if my opinion on how Katie died has changed. If you have any information you want to share on the podcast regarding the deaths of Katie, River, or Aiden, email tips at SheilaWysocki.com or call 1-888-599-0008. Join Patreon and Crowdsource Justice with private investigator Sheila Wysocki. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicidal ideation or is actively thinking about taking their life, please call the National Suicide Hotline at one 800 273-8255. Without Warning Podcast, Season 3 Investigation, Derailed. Executive Director, Executive Producer, and Host, Sheila Wysocki. And Announcer, Tim Evans. Thank you to Lori Morrison of the podcast, The Unlovely Truth. Thank you to Danielle Birch, Chelsea Sarkowskis, and Private Investigator Jenny Moore for their boots-to-the-ground, passionate, laser-focused research. 